Hello, once again, welcome to another edition of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merkzo, Mike Merkel. Yes. And, of course, the man, Kyle Budzanowski. Kyle, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Robin? I am doing fantastic. Now, once again, I would like to start off the show by congratulating Mike on becoming the first ever I'm Always Right 24-7 champion. Mm-hmm. I'd like to congratulate Kyle on his first victory. Mm-hmm. If you guys didn't see it, please tune into the last episode. I'd also like to congratulate myself for not only becoming the new I'm Always Right sports podcast champion, but also being the longest reigning champion, starting in at a total of one week. So you're welcome. Now, I bet you're all wondering why are Kyle and Michael not trying to attack me right now and trying to strangle me and hit me with cars or Nerf guns or whatever else we have to do. And the reason for that is simple. We've come to a gentleman's agreement that because of the sanctity of the show and we want to provide you guys with the best content possible, we are suspending the 24-7 rule temporarily while the show is being filmed slash recorded for your viewing pleasure. So you are all welcome. If you'd like to write us a congratulatory thank you card to myself or any of these beautiful gentlemen here on the, on the show, please do that at iarbroadcastmedia at gmail.com. All right, boys. Now, enough of that. Your reigning champion has decreed. Um, uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week, right? We got NBA Finals updates still. I want to talk about the New Japan Best of the Super Juniors Tournament, right? As well as John Moxley now officially in New Japan with his big victory a couple weeks ago. I want to talk about Lions Mini Camp, or a week ago, I guess. I want to talk about Lions Mini Camp, how that's going. Um, I want to talk about the MLB draft and why no one watches it. And I also want to talk a little bit and get people a little bit more interested in the University of Michigan, this football team, and where they're going to be headed this upcoming season. So lots of good stuff to come after today. A lot of different angles a lot of different viewpoints, so let's just jump right into it. Biggest topic, obviously, uh, pretty much in the sports world right now, uh, for the majority of America, the NBA Finals. Um, at this, As of this recording, it's going to be a 3-1 lead for the Raptors. Warriors are definitely on the ropes. Um, Clay's hurt. Boogie's not 100%. Durant is out. Is, is Steph and this makeshift team that he's got around him right now Going to be able to overcome this, or is this like are we lo- are, like Monday night? It's going to be over, you know, mm. in five. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I think yeah. that's the first question everyone's asking themselves, right? Is like, okay, they're down three one. This has never happened. Mm-hmm. What happens? It's like weirdly enough, I don't think they lose game five. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think it goes past six, meaning that they would right. have to win on the road. Yeah. How the schedule is set up because it's not the. Two three two anymore. Right. Say yeah. Two, one, two, one, 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 one. one. Yeah. So it's set up weird. Where I think if the Warriors can pull the upset tonight, mm-hmm. they probably win at home. Then yeah, forcing the game seven. Kind of like how the Cavs Ooh. did. Yeah. When right. They were down three one. Right. Where it was like going into this game. Right. You're like, can they oh, win it? Geez. And they won yeah. game five. You're like, there's no way they lose game six. Right. They, they yeah. destroyed game six. And I was like, all right, now you're looking at game seven. Right. It's Best. almost the same situation. I feel like. It is crazy, Kyle. Same question to you, right? Do you, do you, I mean, is this series over? Like, I mean, are we counting it? We're giving the, we're giving it to Toronto. A Canadian team is going to win the NBA Finals. Damn Canadians! But um, uh, I mean, is this it? Is Steph? I mean, because Steph, you know, he put up forty-seven in Game Five, or I mean, Game Four. I'm sorry. And was it Game Three? Yeah. I'm sorry, Game Three. And you know, he's trying to carry the team on his back. He doesn't have that other guy to kind of help him out here, clearly. I think he's proven, though, that he is the guy for Golden State at the end of the day. Yeah. I know, Mike, me and you talked about that a couple days ago. We did. Um, but, 
I mean, is this it? Is this it for Golden State? Like, I mean, put the nail in the coffin, they're done? Or are you still a little bit on the hope train? Uh, I mean, I don't hope that you had this in five, so I, I did. I did. <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure if they, if if they, I don't see it going past six. If yeah. if Kevin Durant comes back in the next game, yeah, and I could see it going to seven, and if mm-hmm. it goes to seven, I could see it going either way. But if yeah. Kevin Durant doesn't play game five, which there there is some breaking news that that there's little frustrations in the locker room that he's purposely not playing. Mm. And I want to talk about that in a second for sure, because I, I mean, you look at this and you go, okay, we look at how we look at where they're at, right? We look at this team; they cruise past Portland, no problem, right, mm-hmm. without him. And and now you know you go down one nothing. All right, we're let's let's see. They steal game two in Toronto, and then now they're down. They lose their first game at home. If that itself right there was not the warning, like hey, I probably need to start playing now. Are you? I know neither. I know you're not a Warriors fan. I know you're not really a Warriors fan. But if you were a Warriors fan, how pissed are you that Kevin Durant's not playing right now? Because this is the NBA Finals. Yeah. You know what I mean? There is no bigger platform than this. Yeah. Well, just imagine if you go into the Super Bowl and Brady's like, I don't know. I got those nine stitches. I don't think I can throw the football. Like, I'm right. out of it. Like, exactly. Everyone, you're just like, okay, you're not watching it probably anymore. Right. Like, at this point, I think that he almost gets a pass for it, and he shouldn't. Yeah. Because if you look at all the other stars in the league, like a LeBron, mm-hmm. or like, just imagine if LeBron missed one game. Oh, I know. Just one game. I know. Not a whole series. And that literally yeah. missed one well, game. Well, imagine if Kawhi. Same thing, right? Kawhi, Kawhi got slaughtered by the San, by San Antonio's media because he didn't play the whole season because yeah. he was hurt, right? Like, why isn't he playing? He's he doesn't want to be here. He's gone. You want to get, you know, whatever. Yeah. But like, he was getting just reamed, mm-hmm. you know, for a guy who's never said anything about anything for years. Yeah. And now Durant, what? Just because he's on the Warriors, is that why? Is it because they have other guys there that it's just like he's getting this? Because you're right. He's totally getting a pass. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a calf injury. Now, granted, I get it. It affects your ability to jump, be explosive. I get that. Doesn't affect your ability to shoot the damn ball. I'm sorry. You've got longer arms than anybody I've ever seen. Shoot the damn basketball, okay? Like, I don't understand how this is completely going past people where they're just looking at this downfall of the Warriors, but in reality, it's like you're quote-unquote the best player in the world that everyone seems to want to get on this bandwagon and say Durant has somehow surpassed LeBron. LeBron wouldn't be doing this, and I'm not even a LeBron guy, and I can be fully, you know, like, he ain't doing this. Kobe wouldn't do this. Jordan wouldn't do this. You know what I mean? The greatest of the great ain't missing finals games unless they're like... You know, torn ACL, yeah. something catastrophic. They can't run. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Can I ask you the same question? Or I mean, why is he getting a pass? Should he be playing? Right? What's his major malfunction? Or is he so checked out where he just wants to go? All right, I'm going to New York. I'm going to Brooklyn. Where the hell I'm going? And I'm just done. It doesn't matter. You know whether or not I play. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Durant, he e- he easily gets a pass with Steph Curry on the team. If, yeah. if he's not playing, Steph Curry, they're just going to cater to Steph Curry. But think about it. Last year. LeBron played basically with a broken hand in right. the finals. And we didn't even know until the end. He didn't tell yeah. anybody. Right. Until after the finals, he finally had this broken hand that he played the finals. So even though they got demolished, they got swept. Yeah. So now Kevin Durant's not playing. We know that he's basically gone after the season. Yeah. He's sold his house in California and stuff. And now he's pretty... Even though it's like the finals, you should be playing. You, I assume he'd want to win a ring. Right. But... He's if he wants to sit out, like he's gonna get that pass. But mm-hmm. I think we should re- the me the media should really come out and be like, 
this should affect his legacy. You want to say he's the oh, best. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But then you don't play, even well, if you don't I even think care about the team. I right, think, for sure. I think people that are big Kevin Durant fans, though, could turn the narrative into, like, down the line, you can yeah. go, he didn't lose that finals because he didn't play. That's bullcrap. That's absolutely bullcrap. That is absolutely bullcrap because, But you know, you know what I mean, though? Like, I mean, same thing they could do that with LeBron. Like, LeBron missed the finals because he had broken hand, broken yeah. shoulder, Like, whatever. if LeBron, yeah. like, say, right. after game one, he, like, broke his hand, he was like, I can't shoot, I can't play, because right. I have my hands, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. so, like, he missed that whole finals, yeah. the narrative... He still loses that yeah, finals, he right. He loses it, but some people could flip the narrative, right. of, like, and say, well, he, he didn't, didn't really... He didn't really play, he only played one game, yeah. like, Kyrie in that first yes. one, there you go, he didn't really lose that one, because he didn't play in that right. one. Right, no, that's bullcrap, that that's, that, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Here's the deal, at the end of the day, right, you're supposed to be one of the top five players ever, one of the greatest shooters of all time, you need to be on the damn court. I'm sorry. It doesn't. I, it's and if you're a Knicks fan, right, or a Brooklyn fan, or a Clippers fan, or anybody who all these teams are kind of speculated to make runs at this guy, right? Mm-hmm. How nervous are you now that this guy? He's already won championships, route, right? So theoretically, he's got quote unquote nothing to play for. He's already proved it, right? But how nervous are you now? You're going to go give a max contract to a guy who was unwilling. To go out there and play, I get it, he's hurt, he's not 100%, but an 80% Kevin Durant is better than 100% Kyle Lowry, I'm sorry, it is. So, you mean to tell me that on the biggest of stages, on for the most important thing you've ever played for in your life, the whole reason why you're a basketball player is to be an NBA champion, that this is not enough to get you on the court for 20 minutes a game? 25 minutes a game. You mean to tell me that I'm going to go spend max money on a guy where if he's not 100% in the most important series of the year, I can't get him off the bench? That's got to scare me if I'm a fan of the Knicks, right? Now, I get it. You haven't won anything in forever. You're just clamoring for any sort of hope. I understand. But the fact that this guy right now is basically no one's talking about it. No one is saying, you know, why isn't he playing? Nobody's saying that. Everyone's like, oh, he's just hurry, He's got the calf, you know. And I don't know if it's because of the Warriors downplaying the injury originally mm-hmm. or whatever, but I'm, I like I just find it inexcusable the fact that he has not played. That he doesn't even look like he's getting. I mean, Demarcus Cousins tore stuff. Like mm-hmm. he tore things in his leg, and he's still going out there and giving it what he can. Mm-hmm. Effective or not, it's not the point. I'd rather at least be able to see him out there. Go, you know what? They're trying. They gave it everything they could. It's just Toronto's year. Yeah. It's funny, it's because the, the injury is so drives me nuts. I know that like no one right. really, like they were like oh he like pulled something. It's so, like, like the Stafford back out. injury. Yeah. All of a sudden he's like questionable to play, and you're like where the hell did this come from? Like yeah, I thought he was like, fine. Yeah, right? everyone's just like he like pulled something or whatever, and yeah. then all of a sudden it turns into he hasn't played in a month. Right, and you're like where did that injury come from? Yeah, exactly. So it's like how severe could this have been? Before you tell me that it's fine and it's just a calf, you know he's going to be out for a couple games. He went for the, he was out for the whole conference finals. He's out for the whole finals. I mean, you got to get surgery on this thing. Like, what? The, I mean, come on. You know what I mean? The last question I want to ask on this topic. You know, how if if they lose this series, right? And you know, statistically, it's not looking good. But so Warriors lose this series. How much of a dent does this put into this team's legacy? And when I say this team, I mean the core people, right? Steph, Clay, Draymond, even Kerr to a certain extent, right? Like because. The, the argument has always been for the longest time with the LeBron-Michael argument, right? That LeBron, you know, lost several finals, you know uh-huh. what I mean? And so, due to one reason or another. But now, it's it's to the point where, okay, now Steph, they're going to lose their second championship, 
theoretically, right? Say so they do. Okay. You can't put them now on that greatest pedestal for if you're going with the Michael Jordan argument, number one. And two, right, does this put a dent in, quote, unquote, the greatest team ever? Because, you know, everyone says this is the greatest team ever assembled, right? That was part of it. You know, how can anybody overcome this massive thing? So when the Cavs did it, it was a big deal. But now if Toronto does it, injuries, you know, aside, yeah. right? They're still, quote, unquote, the greatest team ever. How big of a dent does that put into the into this team's legacy and to the star players on there? You know what I mean? Because right now, I don't think that Cavs loss reflects nearly as bad as it should on their resume right now. I don't think it does. Like, I think people will later on bring it up. But right now, I think people kind of forget a little bit that they lost that and they blew that lead. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, it, when they lose here, they lose in five. That's not good. Like, that's, that's not, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'll attest to... It's tough with all the injuries that they have oh, for sure. to compare to any other team almost. Mm-hmm. Because you can't go, well, you're comparing them to the Jordan's Bulls. Yeah. Well, Jordan's Bulls were never hurt. Right. Like, they no always doubt. were 100%. You no know, doubt. Jordan played a finals without Scotty and without Dennis Rodman and stuff. Yeah. Are they winning in five? Probably right. not. Like, right. they play that Utah Jazz team. He might lose that series if mm-hmm. he loses five of his starters with him or whatever. Right. So, injuries aside... Yeah. Um, I don't think it impacts that much to them, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, with the, the injuries they have, they've won three out of f- that three out of five now. Mm-hmm. It would be or whatever. Right. And the one that they lost beforehand was the Cavs in one of the best series yeah, in the last ever. Like, fifteen years. For sure, no doubt. So no doubt. I don't have any problem. I think they're still one of the best teams ever, and mm-hmm. I don't think it impacts it that much. Okay. Yeah. Kyle, same question to you. Does this impact their legacy at all? I mean, some people would argue, say, okay, you lost two. You know, how, how great could you truly be if, you know, you're losing to two teams that theoretically do not have as much talent as you do? Um, I think that it, it kind of ends the narrative like, oh, they're the best team ever. I think they're considered one of the best teams, like a group of the best teams ever. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're considered like the best team of all time mm-hmm. if they lose the series. And for those players individually, I think Steph Curry is always going to be thought of as like one of the greatest ever, best shooters ever. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant. That kind of depends on what happens in the future if he leaves where he goes. Yeah. But just for the team, I think they're. I think the 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 dynasty kind of will kind of die off. I don't mm-hmm. think they'll be going to f- that many finals anymore if they lose Kevin Durant. But I think they'll still be like. I don't think overall they'll be hurt that bad. They'll right. just be that mm-hmm. they're yeah. one of the greatest of all time. Well, you also look at it. I mean. They played the Cavs four times, and yeah, those no Cavs teams suck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like right. you got You got a lucky break the first year because Kyrie right. and Kevin Love got hurt. Right. You lost the second year, right? And then the third year, you had Kevin Durant, and you play, and the teams got worse and worse as right. it went on. Well, yeah, when you have so, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant in their primes. Yeah, and then you're looking at LeBron, who's getting older, and with, Clay, with yeah, 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 yeah. So like you're looking at that, and you're like, I guess you could look at it as were they really that good, or did they just get super lucky that the final teams they play were easy mm-hmm. because you also look at like Jordan's yeah. teams in the finals yeah. getting to the finals was tough like the Warriors getting right. to the finals they have to get through Houston and right. all these good teams right. but then you sit in the finals and you're playing like the Lakers and you're playing like the Jets and you're right. like it's not as much competition that's yeah. also I, I way to look at, the last, at that Jazz team I mean you did have two Hall of Famers on that Jazz team I you mean, did John yeah. Stockton and Carl Malone like let's not yeah. ship that in they're not playing it's not LeBron and Drew Gooden as the next player it's not like the first LeBron series when he gets yeah. San Antonio so I'm a little bit like I mean let's not completely discount it. but yeah. I agree with but you it's different six, I would say for four sure. of them were like for sure yeah like old Lakers right you're playing you know bad you know whatever I, I'm with you for sure okay we're I, I, interesting to see. I hope that the series maybe, you know, we'll be talking about, oh my gosh, the Warriors made a great comeback, or we're tired, we're going to Game 7. Something next week, but I highly doubt it. But, all right, so 
I want to talk a little bit too now. I want to talk about the best of Super Juniors tournament for New Japan. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend you do. Especially the finals, Will Ospreay and Shingo. That was a hell of a contest. Um, Mike, I'm, I'm going to talk to you here about this. You're a big Osprey fan. He wins the BOSJ for the second time. Um, is, I mean, I just want to ask you this. Is he being held down by winning this again? And now after this, coming out of this, he just became the junior heavyweight champion. Is he? Is this kind of like delaying something? Because I feel like he was never openweight champion. You know, he's already announced he's going to become a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. What? What is this? Is this like an intermediate thing to prepare somebody else to take the role of like king of the juniors type of thing? I, I just didn't make a lot of sense to me to see him of all people win that. Not because of his talent, but just yeah. about where his well, trajectory is. I, I think is. it's going to be one of those things where um, he's just like he's like the man of the supers. Mm-hmm. And I think within the next coming month or two, yeah. someone like a Shingo are just going to beat him straight out for right. it. And then that's going to be like the, oh man, you took him down. It's like when they took down, when he beat Kushida. Right. And then he's like, I, I just topped the juniors now. Because right. Kushida was like the king of the juniors for five years. Right. Um, whoever eventually takes down mm-hmm. Osprey, it's set up to like, man, you just you just beat right. Osprey. Like, right. You're like the man now. Exactly. Kind of thing. So I don't think he's really like being brought down mm-hmm. you can't look at you can't look at it. i mean you win the whole tournament and then you're the champion now right you can't really look at it as like a demotion almost yeah because you are a champion mm-hmm. um but i think it's just planning for somebody else right. to come up right so. well because like shingo's already tried to he's trying to enter the g1 now too so like there's a lot of moving pieces there yeah. with all that you know what i mean and then i also want to talk a little bit too about john moxley now at this the tournament final Became the IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, defeating Juice Robinson, formerly known as CJ Parker, for you NXT fans out there, um, in a pretty dominating fashion. Right? Um, I don't think it was necessarily unexpected that he that he wins the title. Right? I don't think anybody was like, "Wow," you know, like yeah. kind of new yeah. going in. Um, but what I do want to ask you though is, what is his ceiling? You know, he's obviously doing the joint thing with AEW as well, mm-hmm. right? Um, he just entered the G1 as well. John is so he's going to be in the G1 Climax tournament, you know. So that's a big name in there. Yeah. Where we thought going into this year, we thought, man, this G1 is yeah. going to be rough. But they're really trying to fortify with some younger or some different talent. Um, what is his ceiling, though? Right? Like, what is what is his ceiling, especially in Japan, because of the AEW relationship, where he's not going to be full time in Japan. So how do you? I mean, how do you? I mean, is the U.S. title kind of his max? I, do you see him becoming heavyweight champion? I don't see him winning the G one. That's not going to happen. I don't, I don't think. think so. But, well, because when AEW you know, starts up, you, you can't right. win the G one unless you lose it. The the opportunity of the G one right. before Later. AEW starts. Correct. Because I think when AEW starts, he can't right. be in Japan anymore. Right. So that's kind of where sure. I'm like, it's a little confusing, right? So that's why you go, okay, what do you think his ceiling is? Is it here? Is it just kind of being a guy who's going to, you know? Be able to bring up some of these younger guys to have great matches with, and kind of at the end put them over, and just you know because he's a name. Or what? What's his ceiling? Because I don't see him becoming heavyweight champion no, there. You know what I mean? Like, is he just going to be like I a think, Jericho-esque? I mean, I think maybe he'll be like a um, he'll do what like John Cena does to the U.S. title, where he, later he'll just go, "Who wants title shot?" And yeah. then you're going to get this like weird no name, maybe even Osprey yeah, answers the challenge or something. Stuff, right. Yeah, like Osprey or Shingo, and you get some of these guys who are just like. Trying to get trying up into that heavyweight there, division, yeah, and they're like right, fighting sure. him and stuff. And then someone like maybe an Osprey beats him for it mm-hmm. later down the line, and then that's where you know he's just go. He's going over basically. Right. Yeah. He's letting people yeah. go over. Yeah. And he's just kind of that guy to 
lead the way right. for all these guys. No to come doubt. Off. Yeah, for sure. I think that it's, when you look at, I think that's a great. I think that's a great comparison though with with Cena and him. Right? Is yeah. he's a name. People will know who he is, right? He's coming in. It's kind of like a rebirth sort of thing for him as a character. Um, being able to, you know, elevate other guys on, you know, on this way where you're kind of trying to elevate yourself at the same time. Where he's come out and said, where he's like, I just want to have good matches. You know, what I mean, I just want to be there. I want to have great matches. I want to, you know, make a difference. I want to be able to be myself again. Those kinds of things you really, you know, are exciting to hear. I think New Japan has done a fantastic job of setting some of these guys up and elevating new talent. You know, Abushi winning the Intercontinental. I know he just lost it back to Naito, but, you know, getting that big singles win that he's never had before, I think that was huge. I think guys like Osprey, Shingo, now Moxley, even Juice Robinson to a certain extent are really being put into positions to succeed. Jay White, obviously, is the new is the new guy. He's going to be the new, you know, leader. Obviously, you still have Okada. You have Tanahashi. In using Jericho, too, I think, to the best that they have him for the short amount of time that they have him, mm-hmm. setting up all these dream matches with Okada, with Kenny, with now with Tanahashi. There's a lot of things where you go, okay, you know, they're doing a really nice job of backfilling the loss of Kenny, backfilling the loss of you know the Bucks and these guys that were really big draws for them, and being able to go, okay, yeah, we we understand, we listen, we lost the elite, but. Here's what we do have, right? Mm-hmm. And we have up and coming talent. We have great talent here who is willing to come in, bust their ass, you know. And you still have staples, obviously, you yeah. know, the Okadas and what have you. So I think they've done a fantastic job. I'm really looking forward to seeing who else is in the G1. I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, on another episode. But hell of a time. Like I said, go back if you haven't. Please go watch the best of Super Juniors on New Japan World. It's fantastic. Um, the whole tournament as a whole was really, really good, really well done. Some surprises in there. Uh, John Moxley winning the U.S. title is fantastic. And go watch Dominion, which was just on, uh, as of this recording, like this morning at like 3 a.m. is when that went yeah. live. So missing a lot of great content there if you are not already a fan. All right, that's going to be it for part one of episode 28. After the break, we're going to talk Lions minicamp, some tease table reaction. Jermaine Curse is now a Lion. I want to talk some MLB draft. And we're going to talk some Michigan football as well to see what the hell this new offense is going to look like. All that and more after the break. Stick around. Hey guys, this is the Mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika from the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Just reminding you that we are live every single Monday at 7 in the morning on your favorite streaming services. All five major sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, and professional wrestling. I'm Always Right Sports Podcast every Monday, 7 a.m. See you there. Alright, welcome back to part two of episode 28 of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Let's talk... Lions, Lions mini camp. They're in phase three, four, nine, whatever they're in, whatever Patricia tells me they're in. A um, couple things, it's just a couple notes, right? Um, Lions signed Jermaine Curse, former Seahawk, former Jet, uh, this past week. Um, just overall, Kyle, I'll start with you. Like the move, you know, he former he was with Daryl Bevel in Seattle, knows the offense. Hopefully, um, you know, thoughts on him coming in? Does it even do anything for you on your radar at all? Does it move? The, does it move the needle? Oh, uh, not at all. <laughs> no, I think I've heard it's not Jared Cook, so he doesn't care. <laughs> one day, one day, <laughs> when one when the lion when he's a lion, I'll be like, I told you so. Oh my gosh, he will never That's be a lion. He will. Number one free agent acquisition. Jared Cook. Cook. 39-year-old tight end. Yeah. <laughs> not Trey Flowers. No, not, no. Not, we'll Trey, no. Not, not Trey Flowers, no. But uh, anyway, so, all right. So, I mean, not, nothing doesn't move the needle for Kyle whatsoever, clearly, you know, by that. Mike, same question to you. Does, does it matter at all? Do you care? Is it, 
Is it an indictment on what they're trying to do at all? Is it just, you know, kind of like no. a depth signing, like who the hell cares? Um, I mean, he's a good substitute for some players. Yeah, so well, I think he set, it. well, that's the thing, too. I think he did set up, um, I mean, he set career numbers in 2017 for receptions and yards with the Jets, right? Like, so yeah. I think he had, like, you know, 60 or 70 receptions for, like, 800 yards receiving. You know, last year was a little bit more of a down year. Um, you know, but with Darnold and everything, you know, you, you expect the passing offense to kind of take a dip with a rookie. But... I do think that with him coming in, now you look at this receiving core. You got Galladay, you got Jones, you got Amendola, you got Jesse James and Hawkinson at tight end now. You got him coming in. You have a lot. All of a sudden, it goes from a pretty sparse looking, you know, cupboard of weapons to okay, maybe we have a little something. You know, even if he's your number four, right? I'm a lot more comfortable with Jermaine Curse being my number four receiver than name a guy. You know what I mean? Anybody on their current route, Andy Jones. You know what oh, I mean? Like Brandon Powell. Like Brandon, Brandon Powell. Like Brandon you know, Powell. Yeah, right. But like, I'm gonna be honest with you, right? Like, to me, it looks like they're in a mode here where they need to kind of win some games. So they, if they have an injury in the wide receiver depth, I don't need Brandon Powell as one of my starting wide receivers. You know what I mean? It's just not, it's just not gonna be I mean, a thing. I'm okay with it. But yeah, that's fine. I know you're okay with it. I'm not. So. Damn it! But <laughs> but so I, I think it's it's a nice depth move, right? I yeah. think what, if nothing else, he's going to help progress the offense because he knows it already, mm-hmm. which is always helpful, especially in the learning process. And he's getting paid like one million bucks, so I'm not I'm not mad about it. I do want to talk about somebody who's have been highly controversial, somebody who's been basically the ire of Lions fans for the past you know two seasons. It's Tease Tabor. So now. He's been basically up and down in minicamp. You know, they, uh, some days he's got great days. Other days he looks terrible. Um, two questions for you, Kyle. I'll start with you. Number one, does he make the team, right? He signed Justin Coleman. You've got Rashawn Melvin. You've got Diggs. You've got Will Harris. You've got that Amani Awarie from Penn State that they drafted, along with Slay still. Lots of defensive backs there. Is he the odd man out? And if he does make the team, is this the year he finally makes a transition to where he's actually going to be a contributor and not a liability? Okay, so I'm going to be brutally honest. Oh boy, okay. I have no re- I have no idea why he'd make it or why he wouldn't make it. But I'm saying if he, I'm going to say he won't. But if he does, okay, he's going to have a career year. He's going to have a career year. Career year. So let's just let's just put this in perspective. So he's going to have one interception. No, I don't even think he needs that. Nevin Lawson still doesn't even have an interception to his name, which is funny, but. All Tease Tabor has to do is not allow a perfect quarterback rating. That's all he has to do to have a career year. That's the bar. Mm-hmm. So you really, you really knocking home with some bold takes here. Okay, back to somebody else. Um, <laughs> Mike, same question. You. Does he make the team? No. No, he doesn't make the team straight up. You don't I think he does? That. I think with our corner depth mm-hmm. that we have, I don't think we really need him. I'll be no? honest with you. Um, no. No, I, I you know the I sad really part is so. I think you're right. Unfortunately, unless he does something in the preseason where you're just like wow, like he yeah, just if really he, shutting if he it down, out, yeah. yeah, balls out. But like I think I think you're right though. I think the problem is twofold. Number one, I do think the speed thing is a problem. Yeah. I don't think he's able to physically do what he did at Florida, right? Which was really the bump and run and kind of keep people in front of him. Yeah. You know, I do think There's, he still has tremendous ball skills yeah. though. Where would you play him? Right, you have like, to play him. Yeah, you have to play him on the Slay's outside. Slay's your starter. Yeah, Coleman's your inside guy. Right, exactly. So you have your number two. You, I like um, the guy from Penn State better. Yeah, you had you picked up that one dude. Yeah, Rashawn Melvin. Yeah, yeah. Rashawn Melvin. Mm-hmm. I like him better in free agency. Right. So there's already two guys right there. I'd rather have in the number two spot over right. him. So I I feel there's almost no need for him. Right, and I think that the Awarie pick. I think if you are a Tease Tabor fan, which I'm, there's bound to be one of you out there, um, that. Awari kind of does a similar thing to what Tabor does, right? Likes to play man-to-man, likes to play up a little bit. He's a physical guy, right? 
Um, the big thing about Tabor coming out of college was that you know he's a playmaker, right? That was a big thing. He had good ball skills. He was able to make big plays, interceptions, big hits, that kind of thing. But he was always in good, you know, set up well to do that. Mm-hmm. Where in the NFL, if you if you're not able to keep pace, if nothing else, I mean, it's a rough go. I hope he makes it from a from a Lions perspective. He's cheap, and if he can play well, and you don't got to worry about Rashawn Melvin being your second corner or another rookie coming in and filling that spot, and he can kind of step in and be a guy that is solid for you, awesome. I don't know if it's going to happen. I think as we go through the preseason, we're going to look, but I'm kind of in agreement with you just based off of everything. The up and down, it's either you need to be up the entire way at this point, or you're not really going to be here. So, which is unfortunate. Um, last thing I want to kind of talk about is, you know, with minicamp coming up, there's some rumors that the Lions may or may not be on hard knocks. We don't have any confirmation on that. So, one we know, you'll know. Um, but what is the one thing that you want to hear coming out of minicamp? Right? Like, what's one thing? Like, I know every they're just in shorts, right? There's not a, there's not a con, not a lot of contact. So, like. Jelani Tavai, for instance. You're not going to know if he's been killing it, you know, in tackling drills because he can't hit right now. Mm -hmm. But there are things like, okay, Odell Beckham didn't show up to practice for the first three weeks, right? Like right now, Snacks and Slay are not at minicamp, right? What is one thing that you as a fan, you want to hear, you want to, like, get some report on where you're like, yes, like, that's good news. Like, I'm glad, like, we're hearing. I know it doesn't, you don't read a lot into it, but it's nice every once in a while to get a little bit of reassurance. Like, okay, you know, like. They're kind of starting to see something come together. Whether it's a play set where it's like, oh, man, Kerryon Johnson looks amazing, right? Or, you know, Stafford hasn't, you know, they haven't had a missed pass in, you know, four days. I was going to say, that's like what that. I want to hear yeah. is Stafford's back. Back, yeah. 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 Like progression from last year. Right. Because you look at last year, and mm-hmm. he was not very no. good last year, unfortunately. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping to hear a lot of, hey, Stafford's, like, not going to suck Mastering this year. Mastering his offense kind yeah. of thing. And I also hope that we hear... A lot of good stuff from the defensive backs because mm-hmm. I think that's probably our weak point for yes, the most part is our absolutely. defensive backs. For sure. So I want to see like our starting lineup. I want to see them like I want to hear a lot of good things of wow we're ball hawking really well and right. we're you yeah. know getting interceptions and we're reading defenses or offenses and whatever. Mm-hmm. I want to hear all that good stuff. So right. those are the two big things. If I don't hear either one of those, I'll be very upset. Right, Kyle. Same question to you. Right. What is one thing? What's a storyline? What's a what's a theme that you want to keep hearing out of out of Lions minicamp? You know, Lions waiting for Jared Cook to get cut so they can sign him for a local fan. You know. <laughs> But, I mean, what's the thing, you know, I think the Stafford thing makes a great point, right, is understanding this new offense, the defense taking the big step forward. Because the defense got to carry this team, the amount of money invested in there, right? Like, yeah. and maybe is there a guy that you want to hear good things about, whether it's Hawkinson or, you know, Jesse James or whoever. Like, is there somebody in particular you want to hear about or a storyline? Just give me something that's going to make me feel warm and fuzzy as a Lions fan. Didn't we get a new OC? Yeah, hi, oh, welcome back. Oh, that's what I thought. I would make sure. Uh, I would Why love- is he on the show? I swear to God. Sometimes I, only, I, sometimes I wonder. You know I'm the basketball analysis. And I want to pay attention to Michigan football. We pay him to talk I'm basketball. Yeah. That's true. That's where I made the big bucks. Four strawberries. But <laughs> we bought so, a Chipotle today. <laughs> that's not going to be good later. Good thing you didn't eat. <laughs> Focus. Anyway. Anyway. So, anyway so, as you're saying. I would love to see the Stafford, the whole offense in general, mm-hmm. understand the offense very well. I'd yeah. love to hear a lot of good things from that. Yeah. Obviously, you have a lot of money invested in the defense, like you said. But overall, if we have the offense put together, I feel like we actually could do something very well this year. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see, too. I think we're going to hear a little bit more of that when training camp comes along when it gets pads on. You know, being able to you know have some contact, being able to... 
um, allowing, you know, like the, there's actually going to be like, you know, some seven on seven, some stuff like that where you kind of, you see a little bit more, right? You see some of this happen, especially in the first couple of preseason games where I'll be very concerned if like last year in the preseason, we come out and we just look like, like dog crap, like we did last year where you're like, before you kind of put it in the back of your mind, like it's fine. It's preseason. They're going to get, and then we go to on Monday night and crap ourselves on in live television. Whereas this year we come out and you know, well, they look more confident. They look more comfortable, right? You know, it's not necessarily winning the game, but it looks like okay. We don't look like we don't know what the hell we're doing out there. You know what I mean? So it's got lots of good stuff to look forward to. I'm very interested to see. You know, I hope they are on Hard Knocks. That'd be awesome if they're on Hard Knocks. Then we could do that every week. Do like a Hard Knock recap. You know, we could. No, not. I not mean, really. I don't watch Hard Knocks, and no. I don't really like Hard Knocks. Really? No. Did you like the All or Nothing? Special on Amazon Prime. You ever watched that? You, I'll get you my Amazon Prime account so you can listen to it. It's, it's or watch it. It's pretty cool. Like it's like way more in depth. It goes to the whole season too. Not just oh, really? camp. Yeah, okay. every game. It's I'm kinda... just so not interested. Yeah. Like they did what Cleveland last year. Yeah. And I was just like, who really cares? I just love the clip on Hard Knocks of when other coaches are bringing up issues to Hugh Jackson, and he goes, "Listen, I get it. When I was in your seat, but now I'm in this seat, and <laughs> like." I don't care. <laughs> That's basically what he does, yeah. and everyone's just like, "That was in the even like his OC is just kind of like we have so much to do." And he's like, "Hey man, I hear you, friend. I hear you. Thanks for that suggestion. Thanks for putting in that in the suggestion box." And then he completely disregards <laughs> I that. I think if I was a head coach, yeah. I'd have a suggestion box. Yeah, just like, for sure. Just throw yeah. in the suggestion. I know box. it's it's funny. Want to change the offense? Just throw in the suggestion box. Yeah, he's so terrible. I don't know how the guy keeps getting drafted. But all right, let's talk now. I want to talk about the 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 Major League Baseball draft. Okay. I'm not going to talk about players because these guys are either coming out of college or sometimes even coming out of high school in the Tigers' case. So no one's going to hear about these guys for the next four or five years. But what I do want to ask you is, number one, did you watch it? And two, why or why not? Because, <laughs> and I asked this question ironically because I know both your answers already. And if you say the other one, I'm going to smack you. But... In the re- <laughs> I mean, because some people do, so I'm going to go with no for both of this. Yeah. Yeah, neither one of you guys watched it, right? I didn't but, know it was on it. Right? I know, right? I didn't know I had a draft. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. We're so bad at this job. Um, but okay, and here's the reason why I asked this, though, is that the NFL draft consumes America as soon as Super Bowl ends, right? Like, that's all it's about, right? Yeah. It's free agency and then the draft, Right. Every team except for the Patriots pretty much care about you know both of those things. Yeah. You know what I mean. So because of that, you know it's it takes a lot of there's a lot of media about it. There's like I mean we watch people work out for goodness sakes on television for three days and talk about it. So because of that, and you look at baseball and pretty much every other sport, even basketball to a certain degree. After the first five picks, nobody cares about mm-hmm. the NBA draft. You know what I mean. So. Is there why is it? Is it just the number of rounds? Is it just because football is king? Why why does nobody watch this? Right? Is it is it because rookies make more of an impact in the NFL than they do in other sports where they're in there and they're already sometimes if you're high enough you should be a starter like day one. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like give me a reason why no one watches these other drafts. Not just baseball, but everybody. And you know, it's it's forty rounds. I get it. It's boring, but you know, the NFL right. draft used to be fourteen. We'll go through, we'll go through each one yeah. first. They all have lotteries, but the NFL. That's that's no, one no. reason. I hate the lottery. Yeah, that's but we true. Already talked I, about I, that. I hate that. Um, basketball, it's because it's a star-driven league, mm-hmm. and after Zion gets picked and Jean Morant gets picked, and maybe to a certain extent R.J. Um, Barrett. Barrett gets yeah. picked, 
no one else can make an immediate impact to crap championship. Crap shoot after that, for yeah. sure. No doubt. So, no doubt. Um, that's put the reason why ba- that's why for basketball standpoint, like yeah. the Pistons pick 15, anyone Nobody we cares. get at 15 can improve the team that much to like win us through the first round playoff game. Right. No doubt. No doubt. For sure. Um, baseball, win a playoff game. Yeah. A playoff game. A playoff game. <laughs> that was the bar, and we still managed to go underneath it. Awesome. Um, baseball, since we're talking about baseball yeah. now, it goes 40 rounds, and you don't see any of the people that we draft for six years. <laughs> so you draft somebody, and you go, hey, remember that guy that we drafted yeah, eight that? years ago? Yeah, yeah, right. Now he's playing. He's finally oh, here. Yeah, he's finally yeah, here. Right? Yeah. So that's also a reason why. Because in the NFL, you look at, you know, um, Hawkinson gets drafted. He's going to be there first day. You're going to be like, I remember when we drafted him. Right. Are you going to remember eight years ago when we drafted Peyton Mize and now he's finally going to play for us? Right, exactly. No. He might play this year, though. Have you ever seen Casey Mize's numbers in yeah, AAA? He, he's been ridiculous, dude. He's like 5-0 and with like a 1.2 ERA. Yeah. He's like killing it right now. Oh, I know. Like, yeah. it's, it's actually quite phenomenal, actually. Okay. But, <laughs> but, but same thing, same question for you, Kyle, right? Like, uh, why don't you watch any of this stuff? It, you know, is there any specific reason why besides the fact that you're a useless piece of crap? Um, <laughs> you know there's drafts. So. Well, <laughs> wait, well, who's like... He's who's like, like, I don't even know how baseball works. Yeah. <laughs> I played baseball like eight years ago, but who's like, yeah, I'm going to go home and watch 40 rounds of the MLB draft. It's not all in one day. Either. Well, I know it's not all in one day, but like, yeah. yeah, watch all 40 rounds. Who's like, first of all, how, who's, especially. Okay, listen though, if the NFL had like 14 round draft, would you still watch? And not after like the first like couple rounds. So you're in the minority, though. Like, in all honesty, right? Yeah. Like, when the NFL used to have 14 or 15 or 17 rounds, whatever it used to be, right? Everybody would watch. It would be yeah. on TV yeah. all like, day. I watched, like, this yeah. year, I watched the seventh round. Yeah, Because I was no, intrigued no. and yeah. no doubt. in the seventh yeah, round. Yeah, for sure. Now, MLB, I don't even care who gets drafted in the first round. Like, right. I care, like, who the Lions will pick in whatever round, you know, just yeah. to see. Yeah. Just, but, like, in general, no, we'll watch it. But, but, what I, but what I am saying, though, is that, like, people as a whole, right, they care. They will watch day one. Day two, day three of the NFL draft. People are going to watch the NBA draft, even though it's only two rounds. They're going to watch that, you know. And baseball, even diehard baseball fans don't watch the baseball draft. You know what I mean? Okay, anyway, make your point. Yeah, anyway. And, like, who, why would I ever care about a dude who was coming out of high school in Wyoming that I'm not going to see for 10 years, and he's finally going to show up 30 years old, like, 30-year-old in the MLB? Like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) He speaks for America. He speaks for America. That's what he does. I I speak the truth. He speaks for America. And you're not wrong. You know, it's just something I always like to pose because, you know, you see all these, the writers on Twitter and everything like that, like, wow, you know, Tiger's got the best pure hitter in the draft this year coming out of high school. That's, that was the, that was the thing about their guy, right? They picked like fifth overall and you go, cool, you know, and he's 18 and whatever. You know what I mean? So I I think it's just hard, but at the same time, it's always interesting because there's like that one person, you always know one guy, you're like, should we draft it? And I'm like, no, who the hell is that? You know what I mean? I think too, there's just so many prospects. There's so many like minor leagues in baseball too. You have so many players that you have to like keep tabs on. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of moving around there. So it's just interesting. I thought I thought we'd talk about it just because, if nothing else, it's funny. Um, 40 rounds. Yeah, 40 rounds. That's a lot. That's a lot. Can you imagine if you don't get drafted in, like, 40 rounds, though? Like, you're probably not supposed to play baseball. Yeah. Like, I'm just throwing that out there. Like, like they how, have, many, how many picks are per round? Like, 30? Yeah, like, plus there's compensatory more? rounds, too, after that. There's, like, 1,200 people getting drafted. Yeah, exactly. If you don't get drafted out of 1,200, are you really Yeah, right. Baseball? Maybe you shouldn't play. Like, especially if you're in college. Maybe you just... Come play down the road yeah, here at the United Shore. Come here, come play at the United Shore League for the unicorns. 
I'd rather be a unicorn than a tiger. Not gonna lie. That's true. Yeah, you got a chance of winning a game. Um, all right. Last thing I want to talk about for this week is I want to talk. I want to do a little Michigan football preview, specifically on the offense. Um, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, Michigan coming out, their offense last year was terrible. It was extremely ineffective. Now Pep Hamilton is going to be the new head coach of a team in the XFL, so that'll be boring to watch. But in the meantime... Oh, really? I'm excited for that. Yeah, right, yeah. No, but the see Pep Hamilton's team and his offense work in a professional league oh. is going to be terrible. <laughs> anyway, okay, Josh right. Gaddis, though, the wide receivers coach slash, slash co-offensive coordinator from Alabama, is the new offensive coordinator from Michigan. He's going to bring that more spread offense to kind of fit... Shea Patterson a little bit more, right? Hopefully. Okay. I mean, is he, I mean, is that going to help? Is that what's going to, like, kind of be the key to kind of unlock this offense? Kyle, I guess I'll start with you because you're the Michigan guy. Mm-hmm. You know, is this going to help at all, or are we just going to be t- talking about how we lost Ohio State by 50 again next year? I mean, we'll still lose them by 50 the next year, but I think this is fantastic. <laughs> but it'll be 100 to 50 instead of 50 to 7. <laughs> but when you, Shea Patterson, who was built for this kind of offense, you have arguably the two, uh, one of the best duos wide receiver, Nico Collin, Donovan Beagle Jones in college football that you did not use at all last year. Absolutely could have abused that power, but you didn't. You're going to have people slot new freshmen like Mike Stanchel and Giles Jackson, very quick slot players. Yeah. In, and what, whoever else, I don't know, people transferring every other week. But <laughs> the, for the, the weapons you have, I, I've heard stuff like they're going to run so much no huddle. It's going to yeah. be such fast pace, and I just love it. Yeah, it's what really they kind of needed after last year. Well, I mean, clearly it's it's a, it's they're going with the way of college football is, right? I mean, Michigan was an outlier when it comes to how they ran their offense, right? Power power football, and when 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 Har- what's funny is that when Harbaugh first came here, I was like, yeah, power football, we're gonna do it the Michigan way, you know, we're gonna run the ball fifty five times and beat teams ten to three, and everyone was really excited about that until we play any other team who has any sort of offensive threat, and like, oh, we gotta score in ten points. So, Mike, same question to you: Is is this gonna be, you know, a transformation? Is this gonna help? And I also want to ask you because I don't think you're as much on the Shea Patterson train as well Kyle is sometimes. Are, is Shea Patterson even the guy? Like, should he be the starting quarterback? I mean, McCaffrey looked good last year in limited action. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got some quarterback depth there. I know Brandon Peters isn't going to be there, but still, is I mean, did you see enough out of Shea last year? Be like, yeah, let's let's go round two with this. Um, I would say yes, only because they'll. You never saw McCaffrey play like a whole game, mm-hmm. and it was never a game plan for him. Like he yeah. came in that Notre Dame game yeah. halfway through, and he was doing very well. Yeah. But also, there was like the coach didn't have time to read and game plan for him. For sure. So like, he, and sure. he has a different set of skills, obviously. Yes. So it's hard to like, like in the NFL when like the backup comes in, the backup you're like, ooh, I don't know what he's gonna do now. Right. So now it's harder to game plan for it. Right. Um. So I think Shea Patterson can be the guy from what we saw of him mm-hmm. with like ten and two last year, and he actually didn't play awfully. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think he was good enough to win. If this offense could be just like Oregon's back in two thousand thirteen, I will love it mm-hmm. because I loved watching Oregon back then with Marcus Mariota at quarterback. Yeah. That was one of the most fun offenses I've ever watched. Yeah, to watch, right? Literally, sure. like every twelve seconds. They right. They got to a national ball. championship game and everything else. You know. Yep. So, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm a little. Uh, I'm a little more hesitant about it, I think, than most. I'm I've been very negative about Michigan football for the past about year and a half now, and I think the reason behind that is a looking at Shea. I thought Shea was going to be the real deal coming in, right? I thought he had a great freshman year at Ole Miss. Comes in, I don't think he looked the part last year. I really don't. Now, is that some of that probably product of the offense? No doubt. So I'm willing to go in with an open mind. However, 
this offense better be explosive, and it better be something to where it quote unquote fits his scheme. Because if by midway through this next season, if we're not putting up major numbers offensively, I'm done. I'm pulling the plug. I want somebody else in there. I don't care about the rest of the season because you're not going to win anything of any sort of substance anyway. Like going to a Quick Lane Bowl or the Orange Bowl or the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl or the Idaho Potato Bowl, whatever the hell else is. If it's not a Big Ten championship, I don't care. If it's not going to the Final Four, I don't care anymore. You're at a point now, Harbaugh's been here long enough to where that needs to start becoming the thing. You know what I mean? I'm not saying every year we need to be dominant and go 11-0 and make Final Four runs, but you need to at least be in the contention for a Big Ten championship every year and get there. You haven't even gotten there. We have yet to beat Ohio State. You beat Michigan State twice out of, what, four years? Right? Garbage, Michigan State. Yeah, no kidding. But you know what I mean? So with that being said, like Michigan State's defense this year is going to be no joke. Mm-hmm. It's going to be no joke. You know, if they can find any sort of quarterback play, that team's going to be good this year. So, if you don't go in and you don't win these big rivalry games, you didn't beat Notre Dame, you, you, you know, you're going to start playing Oklahoma pretty soon. These are big games you need to start winning. Yeah, I think we benefit this year from having an easier early schedule, too. Yeah. Because last year you just... I, that's one thing about college football. I wish you had one preseason kind of game yeah. to kind of roll in with. Because you just kind of walk in against in Notre Dame. That's right. like a death sentence almost to walk into a top team like that. Yeah. Um, playing someone like Tulane or whoever we play week one at home, mm-hmm. that's like a nice like, yeah, warm like, up, almost game. like a preseason game for sure. That, that actually counts. To, like, Appalachian like, State fans, Middle Tennessee. Like, <clears throat> yeah, yeah we'll play right Middle Tennessee week one. Right. Middle Tennessee week one. Yeah. Okay, so we play Middle Tennessee week Point, one. So. Yeah, I agree with you. Point though. taken. Yeah, though. for sure, for sure, no doubt about but it. I've but I've seen I Michigan know. teams lose to Middle Middle Tennessee, whatever the name is before. Basketball. Oh, wow, taking oh, shots, taking shot shots. Seat, All right, good lord. I'm just saying, Michigan. Could but, but here's, but but you guys understand my point, though, right? It's like to now, it's to the point where I, when Harbaugh first got here, I went, okay, I'm I'm with it, right? I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm fully on the train. To now, it's I need to see it now, right? Yeah. Before you could just tell me, oh, we look great. I'm like, yeah, we're looking great. Sounds good. Coach is saying yeah. we're looking great. But now the proof needs to happen, right? And we need to kind of make the mark, you know, our own. So hopefully that happens this year. All right, that's gonna be it. For episode 28 of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. For the man, for the Merc Zone, I am the Mouth of Michigan, a.k.a. the champ, Robin Dyka. And we will see you guys, as always, next time.